Let's sail across the Atlantic once again, shall we? This time, Toronto. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. What is up, everybody? The Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's show, making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Sneaky Joe Sports, if you want to follow me on social media, at Locked On Sabres to keep in touch with the podcast. And, of course, you can also hit us up on our YouTube channel where you can watch our show or you can comment yourself and get involved that way. We have uh, another good episode coming your way today. We're going team by team in the Atlantic Division. Their offseason breakdown, what moves did they make, who did they lose, and... Did the Sabres close the gap with the teams that are above them? And have they widened the gap with the teams below them? So today's team will be the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you missed our episode on the Boston Bruins, I think one of the more interesting teams we'll go through in the whole division is Boston. Then be sure to check out our last episode wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. And my take on that was that the Sabres could pass the Bruins as soon as as this year because of their center position and obvious regression that is coming the way of the Bruins. We had a couple of interesting comments. I know on that last episode, Sabres 1970 on YouTube said that the Bruins will make a trade for Jack Eichel. If Patrice Bergeron retires, I know what you're trying to do there. He's from Boston. He did point out about the Vegas cap situation, but Jack Eichel's not leaving, and I don't think he's going to be a Bruin, at least in the uh, the short term. Maybe he will someday down the road. I think the Bruins are kind of stuck. Um, I think I saw a lot of agreement, though, with the sentiment of, you know, they could regress in a big way. Not necessarily that the Sabres have to pass them, but that they're in trouble and they could fall apart um, rather quickly here. So we'll see what ends up happening with the Bruins. Today, though, we're going to jump into the Leafs. We have no Darlene contract extension to talk about, no Owen Power extension to talk about, but we are tracking those. There is a move the Sabres could make, specifically in goal, that pertains to the team we're going to talk about today. So stay tuned for that a little bit later on. The answer for goalie, I think, could be... uh, could be within this team that we're currently going to talk about, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I'll get to that in a little bit. So stay tuned for our Sabres and Leafs comparison uh, going into the 23-24 season. But what is the overall on the Maple Leafs for this offseason? They are coming off. They finally broke the drought. Their drought is not a playoff drought. Their drought was a first or a second round drought had not reached the second round in almost 20 years. It had been almost two decades. They had lost year after year, after year, after year, after year, after year, after year. That's not an exaggeration in the first round. They finally did it. They finally got through. They beat the Tampa Bay lightning in the first round. And it was like weight off their shoulders. You know, the coach can survive, and maybe Matthews will stay now. Austin Matthews, we did it. Now the the dam has been burst, and they're going to go all the way, right? Nope. Got run over 
in this second round by the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers made quick work of the Leafs. I actually, you know, I'll get to this a little bit more when we break down the light, when the light break down the lightning. Tampa had had such a bad end to the season that I honestly contribute that playoff series victory the Leafs had more to the state of the lightning when they went into the playoffs than I do that the Leafs figured something out. I'm not sure the Leafs figured something out. I think maybe they just ran into a team that was just asking for it, asking to be put down in the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I don't really know that they really improved. I don't really know that they figured something out in the playoffs. I think they are still this great regular season team that for some reason has this fatal flaw when they reach the playoffs. Last year, you know, the regular season, Great, as always. Uh, 50 wins, 21 losses, 11 overtime losses for 111 points. That was good for fourth in the Eastern Conference, second in the Atlantic Division. A plus 57 goal differential, once again, fourth in the Eastern Conference. So tremendous, right? The roster is loaded up front. They have always kind of had their struggles on the blue line behind Morgan Riley, and goaltender is always a big question mark. Although. I will say, last year, you can't pin it on goaltending. The Leafs got the goaltending that they would have asked for from Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray and a little bit of Joseph Wool. Samsonov, in terms of goal saved above expected, he ranked out of 79 qualifying goaltenders in the NHL. Samsonov ranked 12th, and Matt Murray ranked 35th. So they both did the job. They were fine. It was the rest of the team once they really got to the playoffs, especially. Murray wasn't a part of the team in the playoffs. What is the big storyline of this offseason, though? It's Austin Matthews. He is going into the final year of his contract, as is Willie Nylander, so it really is both of them. But Matthews was eligible to sign with the Leafs July 1st. And there was some thought that, hey, maybe all this talk of could he leave and will he leave? It's all smoke and mirrors. And the minute he's able to sign, he'll sign. Well, let me check my watch here. It is July 15th, two weeks. And Austin Matthews has not signed anything. And in fact, we have the latest reporting on Austin Matthews is it could be a while. Dave Pagnota from the fourth period.com who is, plugged into the Leafs. In fact, he is the one that broke the news that John Tavares was going to Toronto before anybody. He said on NHL Network earlier this week, quote, would be surprised if Matthews puts pen to paper before Nylander. Looking for a three to five year deal, Matthews will not go more than five, 13 to $15 million per year. Looks like the Leafs want to get going on Nylander first. And the reporting on Nylander is, Nylander wants north of $10 million. Toronto is sitting at eight. They are in that. That's only 2 million. That's a big gap. In my opinion, the 8 million range to north of 10. I don't even know what north of 10 is that 12. Is that 11? Um, they're at least a couple of million dollars off. So I don't know that it sounds like Nylander and the Leafs are anywhere close. And if they're waiting to get that done, before doing Matthews, uh, man, that is risky if you're Toronto and their new GM, Brad Treleving. You're playing around. You're playing around. And 
how's Matthews going to feel about that? Maybe there's a reason that they're doing that. Maybe they're, they are staying connected with Matthews' camp. Maybe Matthews prefers it. Maybe he'd want to make sure Nylander is sticking around before signing a long-term deal. I don't know. But on the surface, it feels like, why aren't you making him priority number one? The first thing that happens July 1st when he could sign would should be to get him to sign. Give him whatever he wants. Um, and that has not yet happened. So we'll see what happens with Matthews. Maybe does he still want to go home? I can't believe he'll want to go to Arizona. Um, but, you know, what's close to home? Los Angeles maybe as an idea for him. Maybe Anaheim, Southern California. Um, the Ducks aren't really in shape to do that now or next year even, but maybe the Kings. Um, I'm still very much open and considering the idea realistic that Matthews is going into his final season as a Toronto Maple Leaf, um, which man, that is, that, isn't that huge? That's massive, massive. The next 12 months for this team and their future uh, and what lies in store for Toronto in the future. And it's all dependent to me on number 34. Nylander's a great player and Nylander is a core player for them. Um, but to me, they can, sustain what they've been at least with Willie Nylander leaving Austin Matthews leaves and John Tavares now getting into his mid thirties. You can't, I don't think you can sustain this level of success if you lose him. So that's what's going on with Matthews as of late, but no deals happened yet. They broke the playoff drought, but they have not yet had that Stanley cup run. Um, But going into 23, 24 at our buddies over at FanDuel Sportsbook, Toronto is tied for the third best odds to win the Stanley Cup, only trailing Colorado and Carolina, tied with New Jersey and Edmonton. What did they do this offseason? Let's grade their offseason, their additions, their subtractions, and how close are the Sabres to Toronto? How how big is that gap at this moment in time? We'll get to that when, when we continue here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is how I start my morning every day. Um, AG1, you know, there are a couple of ways to do it. You could do it. For me, the easiest way is the little dropper. You just drop one little drop of uh, the multivitamins into your water or your coffee, and you won't even notice it's there. Or you can do the shakes. The shakes taste great as well. Uh, Again, covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust AG1. Uh, Again, one small scoop with water and drink. It's first thing each morning, done, easy. Um, I also like it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality source ingredients. A win-win. It's a comprehensive solution. Um, For what you need for your supplement routine, try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. A couple of ways to do it. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out, Athletic Greens. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. The Toronto Maple Leafs, a couple of additions, a couple of subtractions this offseason. Not a team that has a lot to do because they don't have a lot of cap space. In fact, they have no cap space. They have too much cap on their books right now. The Leafs' cap right now is at $92 million. The salary cap's $83 million. $92 million is more. $8.8 million over the salary cap. Now, 
Some of that will be going to long-term injured reserve, Jake Muzzin. It appears Jake Muzzin's career could be over. Um, He only played four games last year, had surgery in February, and was declared out for the season. I haven't seen anything about him for this season, but they are building out their roster as as though he will be on LTIR. So I think you could count out Jake Muzzin, which I guess you could put in the subtraction category as he was a, before last year, a 20-plus minute a night defenseman for the Leafs for a couple of seasons. So Muzzin in the subtraction. But even with Muzzin's 5.6 million, with that LTIR, the Leafs are still 3.2 million over the salary cap. And they have to pay Ilya Samsonov. He's a restricted free agent. He's going to arbitration. And he's projected to get somewhere between four and $5 million. Now the counter to that is, well, they're just going to buy out Matt Murray and Matt Murray's got one year left at $4.6 million. If they buy out Matt Murray's contract, then what they will get is a very small cap hit for this season of only $687,000. Next year is the year that they'll get a little bit more of a hit at 2 million bucks. So, They're going to buy out Matt Murray. It's out there. It's been reported that they are likely to do that. So Murray's going to go out and say Sonoff's going to basically take up that cap, which means to me, there's still going to be $3.2 million over the salary cap. So there are more subtractions to come here. Um, I don't really know what moves they can make. I mean, they could get out of the TJ Brody contract. That might be a way to do it. They just signed John Klingberg. So they're not doing that. Jake McCabe at 2 million bucks. They could try to get out of that. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. Or they can make a big trade. You know, Willie Nylander, Austin Matthews are those, but I don't see that coming. So we'll see what they end up doing. But they've got some cap fl- stuff to do, so there are more subtractions on the way. The other subtractions for the Leafs this offseason. Ryan O'Reilly leaves for the Nashville Predators, and he left for the same money, reportedly. Toronto, man, they offered him the same contract Nashville gave him, and he chose the Predators. That might be lifestyle. He maybe wanted to live in Nashville. I guess that was kind of out there. He's always wanted to live in Nashville. Um, O'Reilly's a big guitar guy. If you remember that about his personal life from his time here in Buffalo. So um, O'Reilly wanted to live in Nashville. Okay, so he leaves. That's a big loss. He was a big contributor to them after he came over from St. Louis. So it was only half a season or less than that. But O'Reilly's a big loss. Michael Bunting is another loss. He goes to Carolina on a three-year deal for $4.25 million. And Bunting last year, 23 goals, 49 points, um, playing in the top six. Justin Hall, uh, a bottom pair defenseman, leaves. And Kyle Dubas, they lose their general manager. Um, maybe that was their decision. Maybe they played around with contract stuff. There was you know back and forth with Dubas, but he's now in Pittsburgh. Um, and he's replaced by Brad Treleving, who has not had the most impressive track record when he was the GM in Calgary. Dubas is sharp, and yeah, he had a lot of time to figure it out with the Leafs, and he really didn't all the way, at least in the playoffs. I think that's a loss, though. I think Dubas is sharp, and I would want him as my general manager. So I'm not too impressed with a lot of the additions the Leafs have made, some of them, Um, one of which as we go to now their ads, and this is where we will first start to evaluate Brad Treleving's job, uh, Ryan Reeves, three-year contract. Come on now. Ryan Reeves, three years, $1.35 million for a 36-year-old goon. And 
listen, you can tell, talk to me all you want about toughness and grit. I don't mind having a little of that on my team. The guy's got to be able to play the sport. And Ryan Reeves can't. He is statistically, almost definitively at this point, one of the worst players in the entire National Hockey League. And they're signing him to a three-year deal. That, to me, is the first warning shot of Brad Treleving's stint as Leafs GM. If that's the type of management that he's that they're in store for, good luck. Because I think the bad things could be on the way for Toronto. They, this whole thing might be about to unravel. Now, in saying that, I don't like the Ryan Reeves move. I do like some of their other moves. They got some pretty decent players to come take one-year team-friendly contracts. One of which, another ad, Tyler Bertuzzi. I like that move a lot. He was good for Detroit. He was good for Boston when he went over at the deadline. And they got him on a one-year $5.5 million deal. Don't have to commit to him long-term. They had to give him a uh, full no-movement clause. Um, Not that that's a worry anyway. They wouldn't be trading him at the deadline. But Bertuzzi should be someone that could kind of, I think, fill in for Michael Bunting. Perfectly fine. Same level of player. Bertuzzi even a little bit better, um, probably. So I like Bertuzzi as a move. And I think he'll help the Leafs. Max Domi is another player that the Leafs add. Ty Domi's son, Ty Domi, now Max Domi, both uh, about to be former Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Domi, one year, $3 million. And Domi, you know, last year for him, 20 goals and 56 points. That's a pretty good campaign for Max Domi. He'll be more of a middle six winger, I think. Um, I don't really know what to think of Domi. I see some analytics arguments against him, but the numbers sometimes look good. But at the same time, he keeps going team to team to team to team. He can't really find a a landing, a sticking point. Um, So I don't know what to make of that move, but I think he should help them in their middle six. And then John Klingberg is another addition on the back end. One year, $4.1 million. He's a fine defenseman. Um, You know, a bigger name maybe than he'll be as, as, as an impact. But, um, you know, for, for the Leafs, I mean, he'll be in their top four, and I think he'll help them. So I like three players they really brought in. So O'Reilly out, Bunting out, Hall out, Bertuzzi, Domi, Klingberg in. I, you know, maybe that's a wash. Maybe they even got better with the three guys they brought in versus the three guys that went out. But I think it's pretty close. So I expect, barring a major move, the Leafs to be largely the same in terms of what they were last year to what they are this year. I think they held serve uh, for the most part. But the Reeves contract, long-term, man, that, that is just a, an embarrassing signing. Any minutes that are given to that guy are, to me, wasted minutes uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. But we'll see what happens in net, including with Matt Murray. I just mentioned in there in passing, Murray's expected to get bought out. The Sabres one year ago were interested in Matt Murray. We'll get to that when we come back. And are the Sabres, how close are they to the Leafs next season? Coming up on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And we are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball and on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to win or get the first home run. Um, you can bet on some Stanley Cup futures, Sabres plus 4,000, the ninth best odds in the Eastern Conference, by the way, to win the Stanley Cup just behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it's pretty good value. I'd rather have the Sabres as a bet than the Penguins. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, 
when you win, you get paid instantly. I'm a streamer. I'm a cord cutter. So there's always a little bit of a delay when you're a streamer. So sometimes, like, I'll be watching Wimbledon, and some I'll bet on uh, Carlos Alcaraz, and he'll win a match, but I won't have even seen it yet. Like, by 10 seconds, the app will beat me to it, and I'll see the, the – I'll have to make sure not to look to see what's been deposited in my account because they're so quick on it. There's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back, Sneaky Joe and the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your for- first listen. Very excited about our Sabres Super Draft. We'll be doing with the guys over at uh, the Charging Buffalo. That'll be coming to you in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're recording the draft next week, and then we'll bring those episodes to, episodes to you. You know, got to do some editing and whatnot, so likely the week after. But uh, we'll let you know for sure um, on uh, next this coming week at some point. Um, all right, Matt Murray. Before we get to how close the Sabres are to the Leafs, Matt Murray was a goalie the Sabres were interested in one year ago. In fact, it sounded like the deal was done. He was going to be a Sabre, but he had trade protection and he used it. He didn't want to come to Buffalo. One year ago, he did not want to come to Buffalo. So what happened? The Leafs traded for him and he was good with that. So he went to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He entered the year as their 1A with Ilya Samsonov being the 1B. And Samsonov took the job in large part because Murray got injured. Samsonov was better. His numbers were better throughout the year. So that was going to happen no matter what. But Murray was pretty good. He was about a league average to a slightly above average goaltender in the NHL last year. But Samsonov was great. You know, I mentioned it earlier, goal saved above expected. He was 12th in the NHL out of 79. Matt Murray was 35th. So, again, just slightly above average for uh, for Matt Murray. So, now he's going to get bought out, which means he's going to be available. I don't really know how many other teams are going to be looking for Matt Murray's services. And maybe the Sabres won't either. Kevin Adams has held to his word that he only wants players that want to be here. Well, do we know how he feels about players that didn't want to be here if they now want to be here? That's what I, I, I don't know. That, that, that kind of sounds like holding a grudge if you don't want the guy to be here. But it would have to come a move like this or interest in Matt Murray. I think, of course, with Murray having a change of heart in one year or a change of situation of, you know, I just I, I maybe he even knew that the Leafs were a team that was involved and thought, well, if it's Buffalo or Toronto, and if I say no to Buffalo, then I'm going to be a Leaf, then okay, I'll do that. Maybe if it was like that, a one or the other situation, then maybe he'd revisit it. Or maybe he just needed, like a lot of players in the NHL, Eric Johnson put voice to this, just needed some more confirmation that the Sabres were actually on the right track. And I think last year could have proved that to any player in the NHL, that, hey, we are on the right track. And maybe some t- players in the league needed to see them do that before considering, you know, wanting to be a Sabre. So it's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of speculation. But if Matt Murray would have a change of heart about wanting to be a Sabre, I wonder if they would be in on that because he's had some nice advanced numbers over the years, you know, depending on the year, a little inconsistent. But the Sabres liked him. They tried to trade for him. He was their plan, not Eric Comrie last year. Eric Comrie was their plan B. Maybe they're C, D, E, or F. I don't even know. Their plan A in net was Matt Murray. 
That's who they wanted to be their goaltender, but he didn't want to come. So one year later, injuries again. So that plays into this as well. And that might be your biggest reason for not doing it is, you know, if you want a veteran goalie that can take some load off of Devin Levi, take some pressure off of Devin Levi, if he needs it, just to have it there as a just in case, do you even know that you could count on this guy to be an option? Because he might get hurt and you might not have him as an option if Levi you know, is struggling a little bit or might need, you know, a couple of games off or something just to mentally refresh. Um, So how much can you count on Matt Murray? He's been injured every year. I mean, the last time Matt Murray has played more than, he started more than 26 games, which is what he started last year, was 2019-20. The last time he's played more than half a year, you got to go all the way back to 2019. Last year, 26 games, Ottawa, 20 games, Ottawa, 25 games. You can't really count on him to play 30-plus games in the last three years. So maybe this is a bad idea. The reason why I'm just throwing it out there is the Sabres were interested a year ago. He's probably really cheap. One-year deal. So you don't have to commit to him. And he was pretty good last year when he played. So all of that together, I'm not telling you one way or the other whether I even love this idea. I think it's an okay idea. I like it more than Ukapekalukanen. Um, But... You know, it's again got to come with his his willingness to want to come here, and Kevin Adams, you know, willing to to go after a player again or even poke around on a player that told said no a year ago. But um, interesting because he will be available, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens with Matt Murray. Um, one more on the Leafs before we get out of here for today. Next time we will get into the Lightning. I can't wait to talk about Tampa. I'm excited to talk about Tampa because I really do think this year they are ready. They're the if, if the Sabres are the hunter, this is the wounded animal, the the Lightning. So we'll get to them next. Ta- uh, Toronto, how close are the Sabres to the Leafs? I told you last episode. I think Boston is going to drop down close to the Sabres, and I already previewed that I think the Sabres might even pass Tampa Toronto. I don't think so. Toronto. I think that's an unreasonable ask by the Sabres to get by the Leafs. The Leafs are just too darn consistent in the regular season. They have too much talent. They've held, they've held serve with their talent level from last year to this year. Um, I like Samsonov in that, you know, and he'll be back this year. So they don't have the question mark and goal that they've had in past years. Um, not that he's a superstar, but it's at least a, a guy that was really good for them last year. So I might expect them to win the division. Uh, Boston taking a step back, t- Tampa taking a step back. The Panthers are another team that could step up and win it. They did that two years ago. But I think Toronto might be my pick right now to win the Atlantic division um, outright this coming regular season. So I I wouldn't rule it out completely because we don't know what level of jump the Sabres are going to have. The Devils last year went from 65 points to they were alive for their division against Carolina in the last week of last season. No one saw that coming. So it's possible the Sabres could challenge Toronto for the, the, the Atlantic division. But I might want to guess it's going to come down to Toronto or Florida. So I like the Leafs build a lot um, for this regular season. I like their goalie situation going into the year. And Matthews and Nylander are still Toronto Maple Leafs. And as long as that is the case, I think they are they are an elite team in the Eastern Conference. Um, so the Sabres need to prove that they are on that level 
before I'm willing to say that they're going to be close. You know, maybe 15 points is a is a reasonable uh, gap. Last year, Toronto 111 points, the Sabres 91. So a 20-point gap last year, 15, 10 to 15. Maybe if you can get that into single digits, just barely. That that might be a good target to, to close the gap with Toronto. Um, so we'll see what happens. All right, at Sneaky Joe Sports, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Locked on Sabres, and on our YouTube channel, I'd love some comments on Toronto and what you might think of their standing in the Atlantic division. We'll read some more of those comments coming up on our next show. When we talk about the Tampa Bay lightning, can't wait to talk about Tampa. I think they could stink this year. I'm really excited to talk about the lightning and we'll do that next time here in the lockdown savers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.